Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Assembling Titans here on Barnes University Radio. I know that there's big news in Nashville with the quarterback switch and, you know, media outlets, fans are eating it up. But I really don't want to talk too long about that, to be completely honest. Um, I've tried to start a few podcasts with the same storyline, but I just cannot move myself to talk about you know, a quarterback switch with this team. I don't know why. Um, I, I just feel like it's it's kind of old news. It's it's um it's kind of like a cyclical um, narrative for for teams that are that is bad. And I think there's enough people talking about it anyway. So briefly, I'll talk about how I feel about it from start to finish. Um, and I can only do it from my uh talent evaluators um lens and my viewpoint the way that I saw the construction of this team way back in February and March I can only do it from there and then I'll move those thoughts up to date but um I think for this team in general you know it it was we were definitely due to to acquire a quarterback that could actually um compete with Marcus who who is as good as Marcus, um, you know, and I think, you know, from 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 the get go, drafting Marcus, giving him the keys to Nashville without any true competition, without um, a you know concrete game plan for him, you know, that obviously has been detrimental to his career. But um, just for this season in particular, I just believe that. Yes, we were we needed to acquire a quarterback. And, you know, to 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 credit John Robinson, he he went out and acquired one of the more um established quarterbacks that would have been available uh, for anybody to grab as a backup. So, you know, you can argue Ryan Tannehill is probably you know, if not the best backup in the league, you know, top 2 or 3. Um and to be able to acquire him was huge. Um, I think that Ryan Tannehill, over the the course of his career, he's shown the ability to to run an offense, um, deliver the football accurately. Um, he has good timing. He's athletic. Um, um, I think he's a good leader. I think at times he can be a bit feisty. I think there's some stories in Miami where there was some a different type of leadership that might not transfer with every type of player but I think he's grown from that so I just think overall he's a good player the only thing that has really um deterred him from really establishing himself as a a household name is you know his injuries um he's had some some pretty uh yeah his his injury rap sheet is pretty lengthy um so just from that standpoint I think that the move was actually golden um, it's just that you 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 acquired a player that also um, is often injured. So that's really the only thing. Um, I, you know, if you know me, you know I love Kyle Sloter, who's on um, the Arizona Cardinals practice squad right now. Um, you know, before Josh Dobbs, you know, seceded or basically lost, I should say, lost the um, second string quarterback role to this to Mason Rudolph really like Mason Rudolph I really like Tim Boyle 
that's in Green Bay. I really like those quarterbacks, but um, I think J-Rob hit the nail on the head in terms of experience. I mean, you couldn't have gotten any better than Ryan Tannehill as your backup. Um, so just from that standpoint, that kind of prefaced the type of player that you're getting. What you're going to see when Ryan Tannehill comes in on Sunday, you're going to see a quarterback that runs the offense with pace, better timing. It's going to look like an NFL offense. And um, and that's not to discredit Marcus Mariota. He's He can run an NFL offense. But the way that he plays, it's a little bit off schedule. And I'm not saying that he's more of a second reactionary player. I'm just saying he has to be able to see things clearly in order to trust it. Ryan Tannehill is the type of player that works off of timing and he trusts what he sees. He trusts the timing within the route receiver's routes and how an NFL offense is supposed to go. Three-step drop, slant. Three-step drop is usually for um, shorter developing routes like a slant like I just said or a hitch or um, something like a you know maybe a bubble or a flare something where that timing is on pace whereas if Marcus Mariota you know takes a three steps drop he might not hit the slant on that third step he might wait a little bit and actually pump fake in the direction and throw the slant and this is just an example I just mean like the timing is going to be one, two, three. The ball is going to be out of his hands. And I'm not going to say every play, but that's something that you're going to notice is Ryan Tannehill. Um, his operation on offense is a lot smoother. Um, and I, I've already, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, you know, you can't get, you know, a better human on your team. Um, you know, a great role model. But as a player, you know, the his him being demoted is not a linear situation. It's not 100 percent on him. It's not 100 percent on the offensive line. It's not 100 percent on the play calling and it's not 100 percent on the franchise um, developing him, you know, from, you know, bringing in competition earlier in his career. Uh, uh, making him have to fight tooth and nail to get on the field where some people think that, you know, being a number two overall pick, you should automatically get the job. Nobody should automatically get the job. Once you're there, nobody should automatically get the job. Every day you should be working to, to be the best that you can be and having someone push you to be the best that you can be. Um, as well as the coaching staff. Did you hire the right, you know, quarterback whispers and quarterback minds? Tennessee Titans, you know, really haven't done that. So there are some things from a structural standpoint that he can't control. There are some things that he can control, like his footwork, um, switching up his training regimen. That's something that I suggested. He, he, he's a very laid back kind of guy that doesn't kind of stray stray off the path at all. He does the same type of drills, the same type of stuff with the same type of people all the time. And we've seen the results of that and I was I just really wanted him to really just reach out to some of the the quarterback greats that have been, you know, that have played in this league and just kind of pick their brains. You know, how do you deliver the ball in this situation or, you know, 
just techniques in general and then picking their brain and and, and situational football i should say so i just feel like he didn't step out off of his you know comfort zone very much um so his demise has been one that is not linear it's not a straight path it's been a lot of things collectively um so i said that i was going to speak briefly on it i feel like it's it's been brief i don't think that i'm going into like the the scenarios that everybody else is like i said i think we'll see him again you know at some point during the season and i feel like he'll play well in in certain stints and i feel like you know the media and the fans will take a hold of the story line again and say does he deserve to be here and who knows he might be you know so you know i don't really know about it it's just a situation where for me you know evaluating quarterback talent um i know the type of leaders i know the type of player that i have as a preference um to be my quarterback and um that's not my point right now so i'm not going to get into all that but moving forward um talking about leadership so I guess that was a perfect segue, just talking about the perfect or what it takes to be a leader. Um, a lot of radio people, beat writers, whatever you want to call it, you know, have been discussing Vrabel's definition of who can be a leader and uh, Logan Ryan's um, opinion on what a, lead, a leader is. And I just think, you know, Vrabel is right and, and Logan is right. And what people forget all too often, and I'm glad that I I don't forget this because it kind of makes me seem like a superhuman or an alien, but people respond to different stimuli. People respond to different type of people, you know, you know, for instance, I'm, I'm more, especially in the evaluation process, I'm more cut and dry, uh, um, very detail oriented, very fiery borderline you know uh rubbing people borderline abrasive because i believe what i believe and i'm I'm very passionate about the evaluation process and winning championships um whereas there's other people that are more relaxed and and more of uh chauvinistic and and charming and and uh really view team building as you know as this super structured way now, don't get confused. My analytical mind being detailed, it, it's very, it's very an open environment. Whereas some people like to keep it, you know, less open environment, more about writing reports and how, you know, basically turning scouting into being an author. How well do you depict or paint a picture? based on how you write it up in ter- instead of how you actually see the player verbally and what is the truth in the tape. And I know that went over some people's heads. It probably did. You know, this is, this is, it's been a long day for me, but um, that's what I'm saying. People, different people, different strokes for different folks. Now, if I'm in a locker room, I've seen several different types of leaders. I've seen, I've seen leaders that are not as good but great leaders they might not start they might be like second or third string really good guys um but leaders this there's people that that in some instances whether it's working out because football is more than just what you do on the field whether it's in the weight room or 
in the film room. This guy is a leader. He's someone that you can follow, someone that you can emulate. He might not be a star. He might not put up super great numbers, but he's a guy that you can emulate in some fashion, some form or fashion. And then you have, um, you know, guys that are, you know, superstars, more gregarious personalities, um, loud. They lead by example, but also talk a lot. You can follow those as well. You know, I, I I always had the ability to 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 adapt in terms of the people that were that is around me. So, you know, if there's a guy that's super loud and he and what he's talking about makes sense, he he provides some type of energy for the team. You know, you might not be ready to go, you know, for the game. You not might not be as pumped. But when he comes around, you're a little bit more energetic. That that that's a form of leadership. It gets you going. Then you might have the strong, silent type that's just quiet and just does his work. You know, there's a lot of people that respect that. You know, the quiet guy that does his work, he, you're not going to see him as as often. I would probably say that person is probably the least. If you want if you want to talk about those three, I think that person might be like the least effective. And I, and I say he's least effective because he is not noticeable all the time. And that's literally the only reason why he's not as effective of a leader is because he is so quiet. But if you take the time to to watch him, it can be inspiring. It can be something to emulate. So just talking about leadership instead of trying to make it, you know, seem like a, uh, a coach versus player, you know, trying to basically, you know, clickbait the situation. I just feel like it's a situation where as human beings be open to different type of leaderships. Different type of players respond to different type of stimuli. It's that simple. It's maturity. It's to call being an adult. Secondly, um, Tennessee Titans um, coming up on the trade deadline, or secondly or thirdly, uh, coming up on the trade deadline, contrary to popular belief, belief, there are some Tennessee Titans players that are valuable to other teams and other schemes. The idea that just because we're two and four or the Tennessee Titans aren't using these particular players um, well enough, that does not mean that they aren't good players. Deion Lewis, for example, he's somebody that I said back in February or March that the Tennessee Titans should trade. That seems to be that seems to be right now that would have been a good idea. Um, And it was just simply because of the number that he's getting paid and the way this offense is going. Nothing personal, just the the paying five million dollars to a backup running back who has a complimentary role just doesn't make sense. Now we're in week six, week seven of the NFL season, and everybody's talking about he should be traded and how bad he is. I don't know if it's just me, but how can someone project eight months prior what an NFL franchise should do? How someone that's not there yet can do that? I don't know. To me, that's amazing. To others, lucky guess, but I guess it... I guess some people call luck when you consistently do it. I guess people still call that luck. But anyway, um, Deion Lewis will be valuable to a team that uses his skill set. If Deion Lewis went back to the Patriots, I guarantee you he'd be 
still an awesome player, basically what he did for the Patriots. Not as good as James White, but uh, a great complimentary piece. He went to the Jets. He could help out them. He went, you know, to another running back needy team. He could assist them. Like, stop the narrative of record and usage defines how good a player is. Doesn't make sense. Watch the tape. Um, Another example is, okay, Marcus Mariota. Now, if we make this move that the offense improves, but let's say we're not winning games. Let's say by the time that we are at the the trade deadline, let's say we're three and five or two and six. Basically, unless a miracle happens, the season is over. We have a great defense this year. No question. I don't feel like this offense is something special right now. At two and six, three and five, obviously it it hasn't been. Now you start to think about 2020. To think and say that Marcus Mariota is not a valuable trading piece just doesn't make sense to me. Marcus Mariota is still a good starter. He's a good starter in this league, and he'd be an elite backup in this league. So to say that Marcus Mariota, to say that Marcus Mariota is not a valuable trading piece just doesn't make any sense. You know how many teams, there's, and to name some, you don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are tired of Andy Dalton? You know, you don't think that the Miami Dolphins would entertain, you know, taking Marcus Mariota, you know, giving him a chance instead of giving a rookie quarterback a chance. At least with Marcus, you, you have somewhat of an experience. And who's to say that the quarterback that you draft is better than Marcus. So it it depends. Which Hawaiian quarterback do you want? Tua or Marcus? And someone mentioned him going to the Patriots to to kind of secede or I keep on using that word. Or to to back up, you know, Tom Brady and eventually be the guy in New England. Who's to say that that's not a scenario bill obviously doesn't trust jared stidham yet right now um well he might to some degree because he just released cody kessler but who's to say that's not a possibility you know who's to say that the falcons that's making a lot of changes don't want to have a contingency plan for when matt ryan retires you know to say that doesn't make sense to me. These are these are good, solid players. Are they working out in Tennessee based on the environment and the usage? No. But beauty is, is in the eye of the beholder. So that's just something to think about. And, and it's a podcast that I, I'll revisit once we get closer to the trade deadline. But, you know, in closing, we're right about around that number, the sweet number of 20. And, uh... You know, really, that's all I had to say today. Really a chill day. Very, very tired. I got I got to start getting getting back in the gym and really, 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 really focusing on, you know, the imperatives 
the most vital, the most critical um, things in my world right now. You know, so I got to get back to it. Got to get back to this work. Got to get back to this grind. It is a man. Shout out to all the the men out there. Just men in general, man. We got to we got it. We got to do we got to our jobs as men as far as being a provider, as far as being a protector, as far as you know, the decisions, the stigmas versus us, especially ones of my color and just really all around. You know, we got it's tough, man. And shout out to all y'all. I want to say all my brothers, keep your head up, man. Keep on grinding. You know, keep doing you. And make make the best moves, man. Keep moving. But that's all I got to say. Maybe I need to go to get some coffee or something. But uh, thanks for tuning in. God bless.